Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Hello and welcome to this week's edition of the Record Rangers podcast. I'm Gavin Berry. Once again, I'm delighted to see I'm joined by the Daily Records, Andy Newport, and Sunday Mail Chief Football Writer, Scott McDermott. We're here to pick over the bones of Wednesday night, 4-0 defeat uh, in the Johan Cruyff Arena um, by Ajax in the opening uh, Champions League Group A fixture. Um, it hasn't gone down well, obviously. Boys, that result. Now, let's start with Giovanni Van Bronckhurst's uh, comments after it, Andy, which seem to have, um, they haven't gone down well at all. He said when asked in his BT Sport interview whether he'd been given enough backing to compete in the Champions League, he said uh, we can't compete. It takes hundreds of millions to compete. Now, I read a lot of comments from fans. I'm sure you have yourself. This comes days after a lot of them have paid £180, or some of them have paid £180. That's the top end for a three-match package for the Champions League for the three home games. Can you understand why fans hearing that comment are disappointed? Oh, 100%. I mean, yeah, I mean, you know... Giovan Bronkers is sticking to this line. He doesn't regret um, the failure to add to the squad in the last week of the window. But fans were saying, even before the game at Parkhead, long before the team flew out to Amsterdam, that there needed to be you know, further new arrivals. There's certain areas in the team that still haven't been properly addressed. The right wing, for example. The fact that you know they've started the season. Okay, they've signed two centre-backs this season, but you know, for the best ball in the world, James Sands is not certainly not experienced enough at this level um, to be starting games week in, week out at centre-back. Midfield is, you know, you, you go to Celtic Park on, on Sunday with Stephen Davis at, at 37-year-old. Mm-hmm. Absolutely no way that Giovanni Van Bronckhorst would have envisaged uh, in the summer going to Celtic Park with Stephen Davis starting the game. So... Um, the fact that they're now coming out and saying, oh, they can't compete, well, I don't think that washes with the fans who have been saying, yeah, well, we've, we've been saying we need to do reinforcements, we've been saying it for, for weeks and weeks, and yeah, okay, Giovanni Van Bronckhorst is right when he says that, you know, you do need huge, huge sums in order to be able to, you know, go the distance in this tournament, but certainly there's, there's no doubt that this team looks under-equipped for the challenge, um, even just to, you know, just to not be humiliated. I mean, and that's, it was a humiliation on uh, last night, it was a humiliation on Sunday, um, and that just has to go back to the recruitment the team's done. I mean, you've, you've spent a hell of a lot of money on Ben Davies, who's barely kicked a ball, um, Rabbi Matondo's come in for a significant fee. He doesn't look to me as a guy who right now, 
hitting the ground running is a guy who can um, hold down a, a regular place in this team. The same with Yilmaz. Um, again, was it three and a half, four million pounds he, he's cost the club? You know, it was more, wasn't it? Around five? I think with add ons, it goes up to about six. Right, but okay. Up, up, up front fee, it's okay. three and a half million pounds. So these are all the questions that the Rangers fans are asking is why, when we knew that there was going to be the chance to get the Champions League and the size of the task there would be huge, are you signing guys that aren't ready to play yet? And the only people that can answer that are the people at the club. But as we've seen over the last few weeks, we haven't really heard much from them. So until we do, we'll not get the answers. But that's not going to stop the fans asking these questions and making these pretty damning criticisms and, you know, judging the results, they've got absolutely right to be to be to be angry. Mm-hmm. Scott is maybe he shouldn't have said it because it, it doesn't look good. Is he just being realistic or you know, when he says that, when you look at the, the, you know, the gulf between the haves and the have-nots in the Champions League has been growing, you know, f- for many years now. Is he is he just being realistic? I, th- I think he's getting kind of caught up in the emotion last night, Gav, with those comments. I must mm-hmm. admit, I mean, it doesn't look good. It's ridiculous comments to make, really. You know, 24 hours after Dinamo Zagreb beat Chelsea in the same, mm-hmm. same competition, of course you can compete. On a lesser budget, you know, Rangers punched above their weight last season in the Europa League. You know, Rangers shouldn't have been beating Borussia Dortmund and RB Leipzig and, and teams like that, or previously, whether it be Porto or Galatasaray. I mean, all of these clubs have bigger budgets than Rangers, so of course you can punch above their weight. And Gio Danny Van Bronckhurst knows that. I, I genuinely think, it, you know, with those comments, he did get caught up last night. Um, you could tell he was the happy. Um, I think deep down, as Andy touched on, I don't think he'll be happy at the, the recruitment and, and the, the lack of funds being made available after beating PSV in qualifying for the Champions League. You only need to look at his interview that night in Eindhoven. There's no doubt in my mind or any, any other, any Rangers fan's mind that, that he believed he was going to get money to spend and strengthen that squad. And for whatever reason, it hasn't has happened. Um, Listen, Andy's right in all of the you know, all of the points that he's made there, but I think you you also need to take a step back and say, right, okay, recruitment's been poor, this is bad, that's bad. But last night there was an inherent lack of effort, lack of enthusiasm, mm-hmm. um, lack of urgency, lack of intensity, lack of tempo, and it was when you think back to only two or three weeks ago. No, that PSV result, I'm not saying it was a, a vintage Rangers performance by any stretch, but there was a real spirit and a desire that night in Eindhoven to see that game out and reach the Champions League. How that has dwindled so badly from, from that night, as I say, in the space of, what, three weeks, yeah. is uh, is quite quite damning and quite worrying, I think, for for the Rangers fans looking in and obviously for Van Bronckhurst watching it in the dugout. I know. Andy, I mean, it's funny, after the game, um, I, I think it was uh, Daryl Curry on BT Sport, I mean, he, he said seven of that starting lineup featured in the Europa League final. I mean, that, that's only back in, you know, that was only back in the end of May. So the four who were missing were Bassey, who was on the opposite side in Amsterdam, 
Aribo, obviously a big player, started up front and scored in Seville. Brian Jack, who came on, and Alan McGregor, who's still there, but is on the bench. But still only four players. I mean, why? You know, how can it go from that to that with just four players? Or are those four players so crucial? Were they so crucial? Bassi, I suppose, was. Aribo. Definitely Aribo, too, even though he's played out. So are they just missing them more? And I suppose we need to throw in the fact that Tom Lawrence, you know, had a relatively bright start and was here marked to be a sort of a Aribo type replacement. So, and he's been injured, so there's a bit of. Bad luck there, but apart from that, surely that should make such a big difference. I mean, listen, we're obviously talking about, I think, a different level of opponent as well. I mean, I dare say that Eintracht Frankfurt are, would probably have had a difficult last night had they been uh, in Amsterdam. I don't think they're at the level that Ajax are. So you've got to take, obviously, in Scotland, right, you've got to take that into consideration. Mm-hmm. I think, in terms of, you know, I think the Sunday's result, Saturday's result has had a big impact as well. I mean, Constance has just been obliterated. I mean, you can see that. I mean, okay, I don't think um, John McLaughlin, I don't think you could point the finger at him. Um, but, you know, had, had he made the saves that he should have made uh, on Saturday, then, you know, perhaps the team don't go in with this, this mindset. I mean, Brian Kent just hasn't looked anywhere near the player he was, certainly. At times last season, um, you know, Kolak, again, goes back to recruitment. This is a guy you know really only comes alive in the box. So there was no nothing at the top end of the pitch that would relieve the pressure. I mean, even, even when you had a Rebo playing there last season, he still had that physical strength that he could hold the ball up now and again. And, you know, it amazed me they didn't throw. I mean, as much as Morelos has been out of shape and he's been criticised for his fitness, at least he puts himself about. I was amazed that he never got at least a half an hour just to give the defence a wee bit of a respite and somebody that could at least try and get the team up the pitch a wee bit. So there's lots of question marks over tactics. I mean, Van Bronckhorst spoke about how they went a wee bit more defensive in the second half. No doubt Ajax took their foot off the ball, eh, off, the, off the gas. The, the game was, was done by 34 minutes into the game. Um, but uh, if, if you're going to go more defensive second half, surely you would... The question is, why, why do you not go with that sort of mindset, knowing that Ajax are a good team and are probably going to come out looking to make the most of home advantage? Why would you not set up in a slightly more defensive way just to see yourselves into the game mm-hmm. and give yourself the platform to then to then build into it later on in the game and bring on those attacking players? They were just so wide open. I mean, the defense, the midfield two of uh, Kamara and Lundstrom were just getting bypassed at every time because there was just... You know, wave after wave of uh, Ajax attack. So, yeah, I mean, it's hard to fathom how things have changed so rapidly after that mm-hmm. game. But I think that I think it's, it starts with the game at Celtic Park. Rangers took their eye off the ball in that one. They they weren't prepared for that. The ferocity Celtic were going to come with, and it's left them with an almighty hangover. And now, um, you know, they've got Petodre on Saturday, and that's not the type of place uh, you want to be going. <laughs> When your morale is, is absolutely in the floor. See what you said at the start there about no, seven of these players starting the Europa League yeah. final and it's basically the same team, so why mm-hmm. why is it like that? But I would flip that and say that to me is part of the problem. Right. Is that the, the, this team and this squad yeah. hasn't been refreshed and strengthened yeah. 
significantly enough you know, to, to allow Rangers to go and to go and take a step up to, to Champions League level. That that's the problem. They've signed seven players. Mm-hmm. I'm sure we touched on it uh, last week or has been mentioned since last week. No, by seven eight minutes at Celtic Park, none of the seven signings were on the were on the pitch. Yeah, that 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 can't happen. I mean, that this Rangers team that was built under Steven Gerrard and then carried on and you no, know, arguably taken to a, to a new level by Giovanni van Bronckhorst in Europe. Getting to a European final is like the you no know, almost the pinnacle for for all firm for an old firm club at this at this moment in time, mm-hmm. but. You always say you should strengthen for a position of strength. So Rangers, you know, they knew they were going to lose a couple of players. They took big money in for Bassi and, and Arivo. That was always going to happen. There was always going to be one or two went. But they had to go and strengthen considerably. And as I say, I actually think that that's a key part of the problem is that you know, I've heard fans saying it. They're returning. They keep going back. They keep having to go back to the same guys, Stephen yeah. David, Brian Jack, Scott yeah, yeah. Arfield, Connor Golds. I mean, it's the, that's, these are the same guys that yeah. have been going to the well, you no, know, for the last the last four or five years. That Scott, that's Scott, the problem. Scott, it, 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 they started with six guys that were on the books at the end of Gerard's first season. They brought yeah. in another four guys at Celtic Park who were there as well at the same time. Uh, sorry, not uh, yeah, not three three players. Sorry, it's uh, Celtic Park. I so, think somebody said that the 2019 League Cup final, Celtic won one nil. Mm-hmm. Rangers starting off in that day, ten of them are still playing just now. The only guy that's not playing is Aribo. Celtic's team that day, Celtic won one nil with a Julian goal. Mm-hmm. There are only there are only two players left at Celtic for that that game: James Forrest and Callum McGregor. Mm-hmm. That tells you tells everything. Yeah. Um, Honestly, the, the, the flog, the, I don't mean flog's the wrong expression, yeah. but they've gone back to these same players and that ultimately, you need to say, boils down to recruitment. You need, yeah. you need to look now at the recruitment, the value of that team. Yeah. They spent nigh they spent £10 million pounds this summer to, to cover for the loss of Calvin Bassey and Liam Balligan, the left side of defence. Yeah. And as Andy said, Ben Davies and Ridvan uh, Yilmaz have, have yet to be yet to be seen. Yeah, I suppose, I suppose there's a bit of bad luck there. I mean, if Ben Davies is injured and John Suter's injured and these guys have been brought in and they're injured then and Tom yeah, gets injured, so okay, so there's a bit of bad luck there. But but the general point still stands. You look at guys like Glenn Kamara, you're saying, or Ryan Kent was getting, uh, you know, heavily criticised by Alan McCoy's yesterday, talking about him being a lazy mentality for the straight offside at the Warner yep. Barris' goal that was chopped off. Brian Kent is probably somebody that sums it up, doesn't he? I mean, being there, he was a kind of Gerard guy, signed at the start with the Gerard era, and you know, they're turning to him now and he's just not doing it. He's he's just not he should probably have been moved right. on. You're right, Gav, he's not doing it, and yet he plays every week. Yeah. Every big game he has to play. And that's <laughs> not a criticism of Van Broncos because there's no deals. There's no deals there. It's probably and that's probably part of living in the past, thinking He's a big game player. He's done it so often. Oh, he'll do it. But it's yeah. getting beyond that now. There's so many times now it's just not happened. Yeah. I mean, the, the club the club are praised for, say, getting rid of Bassey at the right time when he's, his value is at the peak. And they've obviously held on to others. And, you know, fans never want to see their big players leaving the club. But perhaps, you know, is, is there a, a sense that, you know, you like your rankings or your Glenn Kamara's have they stayed too long? I mean, Glenn Kamara's form 
from where he was at, you know, the closed door season, and he also went to Euros. You know, from then it's it just seems to have dropped off a cliff. I mean, he's he's just looks so, so far away from the player. You know, you think back to that first old firm game of the, the closed door season when he was you know strolling about Celtic Park, you know, imperious. And you look at him now, he just looks a shadow of the former self and, and, and Kent as well. I mean, as an argument made, these guys, you know, Rangers yeah. probably missed, missed their chance to, to really recoup the kind of fees they were, they were looking for from these guys. Andy, Andy, if you're playing devil's advocate, I mean, there would be occasions where if, if they had sold some of these guys at the yeah. time their stock was high, the board would be criticised for yeah, not. Of course, you yeah. know, I mean, sometimes you can't win, but you're right. It's all it's all about the timing. It's a wonderful thing, Gav. I know. Um, but Scott, Pitodri on Saturday, never easy. All, all the cliches, every cliche, <laughs> never easy. Tough place to go. It's funny, we talk about, we said that, you see it before Easter Road, but it was like, now it's, oh, it's never easy, Easter Road. And then I went about 10 minutes of the game, started like the commentator said, Hibs and the beat Rangers, the league Easter Road for, for years. Like, well, we see never easy. But anyway, it is never easy going to Pitodri. Um but in all, in all seriousness, what, what are we talking here in terms of pressure? Is How real is this pressure in terms of Van Bronckhorst? I mean, is his job, do you think, under any threat? <laughs> who's, that, who's that to? I think Scott's uh, camera's conveniently, conveniently frozen. <laughs> on the so you'll need to answer it. I oh, God, oh, cheers, Scott. I will done. Um, he like he's, he's lost his Wi Fi signal, so it's you. <laughs> it's, it's left to you. Uh, he pulled the plug deliberately there, didn't he? I see him doing it. He might rejoin us or he might not. Is his job under threat? Um, not yet. I mean, I certainly think he's got credit in the bank for what he did. Abroad in, in Europe last season, mm-hmm. but listen, I mean, as like a Jack Ross will tell you, you know, what I mean, if you start getting heightens on a regular basis, even if it's all over a short period of time, fans that doesn't wash with fans. Um, I think the thing that will be concerning the Rangers support and potentially the board is the manner of the last two performances, yeah. um, very meek, a little fight, um, the Rangers teams. No matter who they're up against, shouldn't be getting beat four 0 especially not back to back, and especially not to your, your biggest rivals uh, domestically. So, if he goes to uh, Petodre and suffers a, a, a poor result, slips more, uh, loses more ground to Celtic in the, in the title race, and then when you've got um, obviously Napoli at home, and you've just seen what they've done to Liverpool, um, you know. You could see how things could start spiraling out of control. However, if Van Bronckels goes up to Petodre, gets a good result, and then obviously the power Ibrooks, we've seen what it's done over the last couple of years. You know, who knows what that could inspire the team to against uh, Napoli. So no, I don't think he's in grave peril right now. But I think it's imperative that he starts getting things turned around quickly. Otherwise, things can. You we see we've all seen how these things can spiral uh, very rapidly. So. That'll be the concern for him. Um, get a result at Petodre and hopefully he doesn't find himself in that position. So if it went the other way and, Aber- and, and Rangers lost at Petodre on Saturday and by five o'clock on Saturday night, Rangers were um, eight points behind Celtic, you don't think that that... I mean, do you think then, on Monday morning, do you think there would be any chance 
but it, it wouldn't be the reason. Who knows? I mean, you know, you know, who, who, who could have foreseen Thomas Tuchel getting binned off at Chelsea this week? I mean, um, I'm, I'm not saying never say never. I don't think this Rangers board is the type to do knee-jerk reactions like that. But right. you know, listen, depend. You know, I think it would a lot would depend on the manner of performance. If they go up there and get beat by a dodgy penalty and they've absolutely battered Aberdeen but just couldn't score, then. You know, maybe the board would be sympathetic to that. I think it all depends. If they go up there and it's another sort of meek, um, heartless display, then, you know, perhaps the board might decide that this guy isn't turning it around. But, you know, mm. it all depends. I mean, who, who, I'd love to have a, if I had a, if I had a crystal ball, Gavin, I picked the lottery numbers last week and I wouldn't be here speaking to you. Uh, Scott, I was just saying to Andy there before your um, Wi Fi conveniently dropped out. <laughs> I asked, make sure you ask him the question. He's, and, Andy saying that you dropped out, but not in all seriousness. I'm just saying that if Rangers went eight points behind on Monday morning, do you think that his job could be under real threat? I think it would certainly be under scrutiny, Gav, because, I mean, if they were to lose, I can't think of many Rangers managers that have been allowed to you know, lose three in the spin, especially in that, certainly in the manner of the, of the first two. Um, I do feel for Van Bronckhurst, though. Um, I mean, people talking about him losing his job already. Watching those players last night, I think, I think the players need to look in the mirror first and foremost. About these two performances against Celtic and, and Ajax. I think Van Bronckhurst proved last season beyond doubt that he's a good coach and a good tactician mm -hmm. who can go up against top European teams and come up with a plan. We've spoke already on here about how how uh, more flexible he, he was as a coach compared to Steven Gerrard. That's what got Rangers a lot of these brilliant results mm -hmm. in Europe. So to, to suddenly question his, his coaching ability, his managerial ability, I still think it's a bit harsh. I, I, I mean, these players, we've seen videos, I keep going back to it, three weeks ago in the dressing room in Eindhoven when those players look together and they're singing and dancing with, with the manager. So what has happened since then? No, how I know what Andy's saying, you lose an old firm game at Celtic Park, you no know, confidence takes a, takes a heavy dunt, but there was some serious non-performances last night. And I, listen, I know Ajax are a good team. And they might have beat most teams last night with that that performance, but you can't underestimate how much Rangers contributed to that. Um, so I think the players need to talk about going to Petodre on Saturday. I mean, the players really need to show up and really need to show some of the character. That again, they, they proved last season in certain games, albeit in Europe, that they've got. Um, and I think team selection is going to be really interesting. Uh, you see how Van Bronckhurst changes it up on, on Saturday. I mean, Andy touched on it earlier on. This is one of the things I would criticise the manager for. I mean, why Antonio Cholak was left on for 90 minutes last night when the game was gone at half-time, when you know he's your only fit striker and you know you've got Petodre to go in on Saturday. No, a far more important game when you think of the, the, the league table and coming off the Celtic result. How Cholak played 90 minutes is just is beyond me. I mean, I don't know whether he was trying to make another statement about Morelos, about his fitness and, and, and where they're at. But honestly, with the game going at half time, I was expecting Cholak to come off after 60 minutes and leave him knowing that you're going to need to call on him again uh, on Saturday. Yeah. Because the other thing, Andy, I know it's just a small thing in, in terms of the, the overall sort of recruitment and the criticism, but you look last night at James Tavernier, who 
went off at half time and the manager later said, you know, that he had a wee bit of a kind of niggle. I mean, it was just before the deadline closed that the Matthias Zukowski, however you pronounce it, the Polish right back who'd been brought in as a kind of understudy to James Tavernier and sort of seen as the, the backup right back was allowed to leave. I mean, why would you leave yourself so short in that position? Or, or if they were going to allow him to leave, why did they not strengthen there? Well, it seems that they've decided that Adam Devine, um, I think, is going to be the... So why why did Adam Devine not come on last night? If he's the, um, he's the ready-made replacement? Yeah, I mean... This is what we're led to believe that they see and well clearly they do because otherwise they wouldn't have let the Polish lad go. So that's the narrative. That's the narrative that the club. That's the narrative the club are putting it. Obviously, yeah. with Zukowski God, who's proved to be a really poor signing. Let's be honest. I know he's a young player, but he came in as Tavernier's backup and hasn't got a look and hasn't even made the bench at times. So I'm skeptical about that. Gav, as I say, if Devine, if young Devine was so good, mm-hmm. why not put him on last night? Instead, you put a centre-back there in Leon King. And just on that subject, sorry to, to, to butt in, but obviously last night, you know, you're looking at that the, the kind of back five or Kings at right back, they've obviously got high hopes for King. And then you're thinking, why is... And I've praised James Sands like the last few, you know, the last few weeks, especially in Eindhoven, I thought he was brilliant. But you've got a guy playing centre-back. They say they don't want to block youngsters' paths, and that's why Zukovsky went. Well, James Sands is blocking Leon King's path at the minute. This is a guy that... James Sands isn't even Rangers' player at the minute. There's talk about it's going to take £4 million to get him from, uh, from uh, the MLS. Mm. I mean, looking at him just now, do you think Rangers are going to pay £4 million for James Sands at the end of this loan? So I thought, no, why is he playing? Why, why is Leon King not no playing? Mm-hmm. So I, I'm no... I wasn't buying the, as I say, this narrative about Zukovsky gone and you know, they were clearing the way for, for Adam Devine. Well, if they are, he should be starting at Pataudry on Saturday. So let, let's see if he is, if Tavernier's injured, of course. Yeah. Kenny Miller was, um, Andy was really furious with the zonal marking again when he was talking about the, the, the first goal. And this is a point that has been repeatedly made. But I mean, I mean, he wasn't just talking about whether zonal marking is good or bad, but from, he, he was making the point that he doesn't think Rangers have the characters to play zonal marking, that you need guys that are going to take responsibility. What does that say about, you know, the, 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 the players that are there? I mean, they've had enough warning you know, alarm bells ringing, um, warning shots to to know that this is an issue for them. I mean, against PSV, they get away with it, obviously getting through in the set leg, but I obviously lose two goals. Ten minutes into the game last night, again having Van Bronckhorst having warned them to be, you know, they be sharp, they be tuned in, they allow a free header from a, a set piece because, as you say, Gav, no one takes responsibility. And then the goal 17 minutes in, James Sands stands, He's got eyes on Alvarez, but at no point does he try and get close to him. He knows that he's the yeah, okay, he's defending his own. But Alvarez is the only one coming towards him, and he gets nowhere near him. You know, that Taverniers and Golson are caught under the ball, they're they're marking other other people effectively. You know, somebody has to spot this the big guy, the big six foot something Mexican is a danger. And at no point does anyone get near him. And and it's just like how many times do you need to be given this warning that this isn't working until you go, okay, why don't we just have man for man 
another day. And if at least then, if you get beat to the ball, everyone can sit and point their finger at you, and you've got no choice but to take responsibility. But I, I just, I, I think, I think Scott agree with me. I've never understood why teams persist with this because all it ever does is lead to issues like like we saw last night. No, it leads it leads to players taking the easy way out, mm. Andy, because they just look at each other and say, "Well, I'm in my zone. It's not my it's not my problem." Um, I thought Kenny Miller was bang on last night, Gav. I don't think if you're going to do zonal marking, you need guys that A, are going to take responsibility and B, have a hunger and a desire to go and attack balls in the box and go and win, go and win headers. Well, they, no, Rangers just don't have that. I mean, I would argue, apart from Connor Goldson, that, that's, a, that's about it. Sands, Tavernier, people like that who are around that area, it's, no, it's just no their game to go and, go and attack headers and go, and go and compete like that. So, I agree with Andy, I mean, it's a... I don't know why Van Bronckhurst has tinkered with it this season. I don't think there was too much wrong with their defending a set pieces last season. It's certainly not working. It's something that's going to need to, it's going to, need to change. I mean, there was four there was four guys around Alvarez last night, three in front of him that didn't even bother jumping. Um, and then you know, they all look at each other and say, "Well, I'm I'm in my zone. It's no my it's no my problem." I just I don't I don't understand it at all. Yeah. Great, right, okay, well, thanks a lot for giving the detail over that and picking over the bones, so we'll see how it goes in Saturday with Todry. and then after that, if you think Ajax uh, were decent, then I don't know if you watched Napoli right after it, it's uh, as if it wasn't bad enough watching that and then seeing what's coming next, but you have to say, Ibrooks could be a different story if there's a positive result to Aberdeen, they could be going into a different mood. so I'm interested to see how those two uh, games go, and we'll be back next week, I'm sure to... Uh, Talk them over as, as long as Scott's Wi-Fi holds out. <laughs> well, thanks for your time, guys. Cheers, boys. Cheers. Cheers.